just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope you had a good holiday weekend, July 4th. This was a big one, too, because after being locked down for a year plus, not being able to spend time with our family and friends, not being able to have normal holidays, it was particularly tough for me because uh, I had a granddaughter, as I've mentioned before, born in April, and uh, we were at the start of the COVID thing. And uh, it was tough to get together because she was so small, so young, that we didn't want to take any chances. So we had to be very cautious about it. Fortunately, we did get to see her, but uh, not as much as we'd like. So this weekend was a big weekend. Finally, families and friends can get together, have parties, have barbecues, dances, whatever it is that people do on July 4th, just a chance to get together and spend time with one another and enjoy life. I mean, what is this world worth if we don't have time to enjoy life a little? We all work hard. We all spend time doing whatever we're responsible for. There should be times when we can take a break and just let loose and enjoy life. Well, a lot of us did that this weekend, and I'm sure most people were happy with the way things went on the July 4th weekend. But you know what? Not everybody. You may not know this. I just heard this this uh, number, and it took me back a little bit, because I would have never imagined this number. 400 shootings took place just this weekend across the country. 400 shootings. And of those 400 shootings, 150 people were killed. 150 Americans were killed by guns just this weekend during a holiday that should be joyous and fun and a chance to get together with friends and family. Yet now 150 people today are no longer with us because of 400 shootings. You know, there's a lot of talk with the Republicans. They say, we're coming to get their guns. Well, they said that with Obama. And the fact of the matter is they sold more guns during Obama's time in office than ever before. And much the same is going on now. A lot of people are throwing around this threat that they're coming to get our guns, even though that's never happened. But they're making that threat, and there's a lot of guns being sold. In fact, I was talking to my niece today, and she was in some middle, uh, some small town, and there was a gun store there, and they were having what was called a Biden sale. You fucking believe that? That's what they said. This gun store was having a Biden sale. Now, I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know if it's a threat against Biden or if it's just that everybody's worried that Biden's going to come and get their guns. But either way, they are fucking wrong. They are crazy. And it's a ridiculous strategy to get people to buy guns. There never is a problem with people buying guns. There's always a lot of them. There's more guns in this country than there are people almost, and it's unnecessary. Let me give you a fact that you may not know. 
In 2019, there were 16,425 homicides in this country, in America. Now, in Canada, same year, they had 620 homicides. Now, I'll grant you, Canada is smaller in terms of numbers of people. But percentage-wise, this doesn't even match up. Now, they have more stringent laws in Canada. They have training, absolutely necessary training that you have to take before you can buy a gun. It has to be licensed. And there's a 28-day waiting period before you can get that gun. Now, I know all these NRA people say, well, it says in the Constitution I can have a gun. Yeah, you can have a gun. But you'll probably have to go through certain processes to get that fucking gun. Now, the other thing that Canada did, too, they had this massacre where, I don't know, 20 or 25 people were killed by a gunman who had a um, a semi-automatic assault-style rifle. So you know what they did right after that happened? They took it to to their, whatever they call it, their Congress, and uh, they said, okay, we're outlawing those semi-automatic assault rifle-type guns. They outlawed them. They're gone. And when you look at what's going on as far as murders in their country compared to ours, there's no comparison. As I said, yes, they have fewer people. But uh, by ratio, it's far less than those that are killed in the United States. Now, the NRA is in kind of a weakened state right now. They, They filed bankruptcy. So I don't know if they have any money. And the one reason they've been able to get away with the things that they get away with is because they put money into the pockets of people in Congress and in the Senate. And then they vote according to what the NRA wants. And that means anybody can have any amount of guns, any type of guns, and do whatever they want. Well, let's make a comparison here. We can all drive cars, but you got to remember... We don't have a right to drive cars. We have a privilege to drive cars. In order to drive a car, you've got to go through training. You've got to take an on-the-road test. You've got to take a written test. You've got to get the license. And then once you have the license, you've got to follow the rules. Otherwise, they take the fucking license. That's for a car. Is that too outlandish to expect to have something similar to that with a gun? Now, a car can be a deadly weapon, too, if it's misused, and we've seen it many, many times. So wouldn't it make sense that we have a little more restriction, a little more guidance on how and who gets guns? This is an issue that we need to take care of, and unfortunately, we've got so many issues in this country right now. uh, I'm afraid that gets lost after a while. You know, of course, the next time a mass shooting happens, we'll start to get people screaming about it. And, of course, Congress, and we're talking Democrat and Republican, have never done a thing about it. Canada jumped on the assault rifle thing right away. But we've seen so many assault rifles and absolutely nothing has been done about it. This is something we need to address. This is something that took a happy weekend and turned it into a tragedy for 400 people turn into a loss of a family member to the tune of 150 people just this weekend.
It's something we need to look at. And unfortunately, we have so many things in this country that we need to look at that I'm afraid it's going to get lost. So we got to keep that in the forefront. We can't keep killing Americans. Now, here's something I talked about on a TikTok. I keep watching TikToks, and you got all these freaking clouds. I'm a time traveler. I've got a special thing for you to do, and you'll feel comfortable. There are people out there that say, we're going to go and transition to the fifth dimension, whatever the fuck that means. Or we're going to a brand new reset. Meaning we're starting the world over again. Now, all of this seems silly to me. I'm not smart enough to say that it's not true. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot of things in this world that we don't know and we'll be surprised when they occur. But I will tell you this. I believe this with all my heart. If you took March, the United States of March 2020 and before, it is a far different world than we are now living in July of 2021. I mean, it's dramatically different. And I'll explain what I mean. Some of you may not understand what I'm saying, so I'll clarify it for you. First of all, in March of 2020 and before, we had a, uh, an ignorant, racist dictator as president of the United States. The president and the Republican Party were doing all they could do to destroy democracy. Now, they still continue to try to destroy democracy, but now, July 2021, we have a more compassionate, a statesman, an intelligent human being who's experienced in the ways of government, and he is trying to do things to help this country. Now, unfortunately, he has to dig out of a very deep hole in order to do that, and he needs some cooperation. Unfortunately, the people trying to destroy the dem- democracy aren't very cooperative. So there are problems with this process. And it's going to take some doing. And it's going to take some time. But that is certainly different than where we were in March of 2020. How about the police? Now, for how many decades have police shot and killed people of color at will with no accountability? They had all this protection from the uh, unions and the administrations. They would do things, they'd try to cover it up, or they wouldn't tell anybody, or they'd lie about it. And year after year and decade after decade, we had cops killing American citizens for no reason and getting away with it. But now, we're in July of 2021, and after the covid situation. We've got Derek Chauvin sitting in jail for murdering George Floyd. Now, granted, that's only one. But fortunately, he was on video doing what he did. This horrific act that Derek Chauvin did. He was sentenced to 22 and a half years. He still got to deal with federal charges as well. So he's likely to be in prison for most, if not all, of his life. But this is different. This changes a lot for police departments all over the country because for once, at least one person has been held accountable. 
Now there's some question as to whether they can get away with doing whatever they want. Now it can't stop here. We've got to continue to keep the pressure on the police, continue to make sure they're doing their job and not going the extra mile and killing people just for the fucking sake of it. But at least we've had that one step. That puts some question in their mind next time they think about doing it. It's not enough to fix it, but it's a starting point for us, and that's what we need to do. We need to keep pushing that. How about politicians? 2020 and before? These politicians did whatever they wanted. They'd tell us one thing, do another. They'd pocket money and tell us they're doing great things for us. Nobody questioned it. Nobody held their feet to the fire. They just did whatever they want to. But now, come 2021, after COVID and things have changed, now we have a former president sitting members of Congress under investigation, being indicted, ultimately going to trial, and some may even go to jail. Again, this is just a starting point, but it is dramatically different than what we had in 2020 and before. How about the rich people? Now, how many years, 40 years, they've told us, oh yeah, the trickle-down is the way to go. We give the rich people all the money, they'll make the big jobs give the pay increases, do all kinds of wonderful things. It'll trickle down to us, the people who paid the money in the frickin' first place, and we'll all be happy. But unfortunately, in those 40 years, we never saw that happen. It never worked. It's just a scam to put money in the rich people's pockets to make them richer. That's all it's been. Yet now, we have Joe Biden coming to us with the largest stimulus bill ever, the COVID relief bill, and it got money back to the people. It got services back to the people. And you know what it did? Well, our stock market is going crazy. We have a GDP coming up estimated to be 7.2, which is more than double anything Donald Trump did and the largest increase in history. So now it's been exposed that if you do help the people who are footing the bill in the first place, it can do some good. And that's the last thing the rich people want us to know. But now we know. So that's different. Or how about employers? Now, I talk to people who work in all kinds of jobs, and they all have the same complaints. They are treated very well. There is no loyalty. They'll cut you off at the knees in a moment's notice and not think twice, even if you put 20 or 30 years into the company. They don't care. It's all about the bottom line. And people had to struggle with this for decades. They didn't think they had any choices. They stuck with jobs they didn't want because they were afraid that they would go broke. They would lose their homes. They would lose their, their um, property. But now you know what? These same people that have been doing this to their employees are now begging for people to come to work. I've said this to other people. I've said this to my son. Right now is an opportunity. Here is a change in labor industry. These people held all the cards for many, many decades, but now... Turns out the employees may hold some of the cards now, too. 
And it depends on how you play those cards as to how this all works out. So this is an opportunity for my son, for young people all over the country to look for their career, go after jobs, maybe go after jobs that are a little beyond where they thought they could go prior to this whole scenario because they are desperate to get people in jobs. They may qualify you for something that might have been a little above your head, uh, but now they need a body. So this is an opportunity you need to grab onto and go after something that's going to work for you. Now, this is dramatically different than in what it was in March of 2020 or before. So you see what I'm saying here. There has been a dramatic change in this country. It's not a completely fixed. It's not at all completely fixed. But it's an open door. It's an opportunity. It's a starting point. The needle is starting to tilt the way of the people. These people are on the run. And now's the time to take that opportunity and keep pushing. For decades and decades, we've been told whatever we've been told and expected to believe it, and we did, and we've gotten nowhere for decades. But now, after this COVID situation, now that we're starting to get back on track, everything has changed. Cops are becoming accountable. Rich people are going to have to start paying taxes. Politicians are going to be under the microscope. And employers are going to see the true value in their employees. This is a good starting point. We need to take note of it and we need to keep pushing so that we can continue this trend. We can't get complacent. We can't get apathetic. We can't stop pushing because, well, we got this far. No, now is the time. Now is a once in a lifetime opportunity to push this home so that we can better this country, make things better for the people who pay the bills, pay the taxes. Make things better for your kids and your grandkids. Now is the time for that. So we need to look at it very carefully, acknowledge it, and do what we need to do to get what we deserve in this country. Something to think about. Something I've been thinking about a lot. And we all need to get on board and see the opportunity here and grasp it hard and push hard. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back with more. We'll talk some politics and some other stuff. So stick with us. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Well, last week was a great week to spotlight two of our favorite stupid, criminal, loudmouth Republicans saying stupid shit. The first one <laughs> is our buddy Matt Gates. Yep, Matt Gates. Why is he even still talking? When is he going to be indicted. We'll get to that in a moment. But Matt Gates was speaking 
to a group of people. I don't even know who the group of people was, but I saw the video of it, so I know he said it. He said that in 2022, he was going to vote for Donald Trump to be Speaker of the House. Now, there's a misunderstanding with a lot of folks out there that think, well, don't you have to be in the House of Representatives to be voted in to be Speaker of the House? The short answer is no, you don't. That was news to me, too. I I did not know that. It didn't make any sense. But apparently, according to the rules, they can vote anybody in to be the Speaker of the House. There have been outside people that were up for a vote for Speaker of the House that weren't in Congress. They didn't make it, but they could have had they gotten the votes. So to suggest that Donald Trump can't be Speaker of the House in 2022, should the Republicans have the majority? That's not true. He can. It can happen. But there's a lot of stumbling blocks to get to that point. And I think poor Matty Boy forgot about those stumbling blocks. First of all, the Republicans need to win the majority in the House of Representatives. Now, there's some people out there that will say, yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. Everybody knows that whoever wins the presidency, the opposite party, wins a bunch in the midterms. And I'll be honest with you, that's true. But as I said in the previous segment, we're living in a different world. We're living in unprecedented times. Never before did we have in front of us what we have in front of us now going into a midterm election. You can't take what happened in history and figure out what's going to happen this time around because it just doesn't make sense. Too many other things are different. There's too many bad things out there for the Republicans. It's not a foregone conclusion that they will win the House or the Senate in 2022. In fact, I'm willing to bet it's going to be far worse for the Republicans in both the Senate and the House than they can ever imagine. Now, you're probably saying, well, what makes you think that? Why would you say that? Well, we know that there's a lot of stuff that's going to come out, come out about Republicans. We've got all the things with the insurrection. There is a select committee that's going to investigate it, and they are investigating sitting Congress people. What happens when we find out that there are Republican congressmen that had helped the insurrection, helped to plan the insurrection, guided them once they were in the Capitol. What do you think that's going to do to the Republican Party? We know that Donald Trump's company's already been indicted. His CFO's been indicted. But we also know that this is just the start. The talk is that the next round of indictments focuses in on Donald Trump, and presumably his kids who ran the companies. If that's true, a lot is going to get exposed. A lot of things is going to go down. And while the base might stick with Donald Trump no matter what, those people that are a little closer to the middle that voted for him because he was a Republican are going to say, Jesus Christ, I can't vote for this guy. So you're going to get independence and you're going to get some middle-of-the-road Republicans voting against the Republican Party, because they're coming out as criminals. That's how they will appear, because that's what they are. So so anyway, come 
2022 after all this has come out and run through the ringer and continued to be dragged out for the next year and a half, it's going to be hard-pressed to imagine Republicans winning the House or the Senate. Things are just going to look too badly for them. They are going to be embarrassed. They're going to be indicted. There's all kinds of things that are going to happen. So to suggest that what's going to happen in 2022 is the exact same thing that happened in uh, 2018 makes no sense. We're living in two different worlds. We have different circumstances. We have unprecedented circumstances against the Republicans. And what they're going to have to go through in the next year and a half is something no party has ever gone through, not even when Nixon was in the office. Because if you remember when Nixon was in office, ultimately the Republicans say, yeah, okay, this is enough of this shit, and they made him resign. Well, these folks have never done that. They lose all the Democrats, they lose all the independents, they lose a portion of the Republicans, and then all you have left is the base. The base. Now, the base makes up about 30%, and you can't win any fucking election with 30% of the vote. It just doesn't work. So to presume that 2022 is going to be all Republicans, that makes no sense. It makes no sense with all that's going on now. People have said, well, Donald Trump will never, ever have anything happen to him. The Republicans will never get exposed. They always slip out. Well, stop. Donald Trump's organization has been indicted 15 counts over 15 years. That in itself will probably bankrupt his company. The CFO is going to go to jail if he doesn't flip for 10 to 15 years. And he's 74 years old. His kids may go. So you think he's going to flip? Hell yes, he's going to flip. And that's going to blow everything apart for every Trump person in that organization. The two sons, Ivanka, Donald, whoever. There's not only that, but there's the whole thing with the inauguration. Big problems with the inauguration. Ivanka Trump was involved and ran that thing. Now, she lied in court that said she wasn't, so right there she's got perjury, but there are all kinds of misuse of funds and uh, enriching themselves through this process, all of which is illegal, and all of it is starting to come to light now. It will be exposed, and there will be charges for that. Now, you got to remember, too, there's a Southern District of New York that has all kinds of things going against Donald Trump. You have Georgia. You have Washington, D.C. You have lawsuits. It's going to be endless, the things that are going to rain down on Donald Trump. I get a kick out of people who say, well, he's going to run in 2024. Or people will say, do you think he'll run in 2024? Hell no. There is no way Donald Trump is going to run as a Republican for president of the United States. It's just not going to happen. Because even if he's healthy enough, even if he's out of jail, no Republican is going to allow him to be candidate. They just aren't. He's destroyed their party completely. And there's no way they're going to give him another four years to do that. So Donald Trump will not run for office in 2024. Now, let's talk about Donald Trump. Donald Trump was at one of his rallies. You ever notice that's all Donald Trump can do? He can't govern. He can't hold a press conference because he can't speak coherently enough. 
but he can do a rally. And there he does speak incoherently and stupidly. But fortunately, his audience, the base, is just as incoherent and just as stupid. Well, he was in Sarasota, Florida. Now, interestingly enough, the governor in Florida said, yeah, please don't come. We've got this problem down in uh, Surfside where this building collapsed. People are dead. By the way, the latest count on dead bodies in the Surfside building collapse, 28. Still over 100 people are missing. This is a true tragedy. And so Governor DeSantis said to Trump, look, don't come. We got too much other shit going on and we just don't need this kind of activity down here. We don't need to stir things up while we're trying to deal with a tragedy, a human tragedy with the number of deaths and difficulties. We've got storms coming in. We got a building collapse. We don't have time to fuck around with your bullshit, which is saying a lot since DeSantis is probably the biggest Trump kiss ass in this country. But of course, DeSantis is thinking to himself, I'm going to run for president too. So what he does, he tells Donald Trump not to come. He even sits down in a press conference with Joe Biden, thanking Joe Biden for all that he's done, because that's what Joe Biden does, because Joe Biden is the president. And whether they're in Florida or Iowa or Minnesota or wherever, his job is to help out his people. And that's what he's doing in Florida. And DeSantis couldn't do anything but thank him for doing what he's doing. But anyway... Let's talk about what what Donald Trump said. Now, with all these indictments going on with the Trump Organization and CFO uh, Alan Weisselberg, needless to say, Donnie's upset. He's probably shitting his pants. And the reason is because he knows they're just working their way to him. See, what you have to understand about the Trump Organization, it's not a big organization. Yeah, they allegedly make a lot of money, do a lot of big deals, but there's maybe 10 people in the organization. So it's small. And the word out there is that whatever is being done in the Trump Organization, Donald Trump has his hands, his signature, and his opinion on it. So whatever happens to the Trump organization, it's going to lead back to Donald Trump because he has his hands on everything. Now, Donald Trump was at this rally screaming and yelling, speaking incoherently as he does. But he also brought up the fact that, you know, they were picking on people, hardworking people, for not paying their taxes on company cars or company apartment buildings, or paying grandchildren's tuition. He was acting like that was no big deal, and maybe to a billionaire, that's not a big deal. But when we're talking about real money, we're talking about uh, fraud that amounts to $1.7 million. That's a lot of money to you and me. He's not above the law, and if it's illegal, that needs to be addressed. He was saying that uh, nobody gets convicted of that sort of thing or indicted for that sort of thing. And I don't know that that's true. In fact, I know it's not true. Yes, people have been charged for far less than what Donald Trump is alleged to have done with his organization in the recent indictments. That's a lie. Plenty of people have been indicted 
and uh, convicted and sent to jail for far less. Donald Trump knows this. He just spews and gaslights and does whatever he can to talk his way out of it. See, Donald Trump thinks he's smarter than everybody, which is ironic because he's actually dumber than everybody. But he thinks he's smarter than anybody, and because he thinks he's smarter than anybody, he thinks he can talk himself out of any situation. So now he's bringing this stuff to light, basically doing what he's done before. First he says, I don't do that. And then when there's absolute proof that he's done it, then he'll say, it's not a big deal. Everybody does it. That's his game. That's his strategy. And when you're president, maybe that works because there's not much people can do to you, but he's not president anymore. So there are going to be some things done to him. As he said about one woman one time, he's going to be going through some things, some things he's never had to go through. Now, they might want you to believe that this is just some mistake or some, uh, some kind of inadvertent problem. But here's the real problem. There were the normal books that said everything was above board. But there was a second set of books that uh, Alan Weisselberg kept that gave all the facts of the real scam and what was really going on. Now, if you're with the IRS or the FBI or something and you walk into a place of business and you find out that they have two sets of books, that's a big red flag because, you see, you don't need two sets of books unless you're purposely defrauding the government, purposely trying to avoid paying taxes. And that's what they have. That right there is ultimately the proof they need to charge, try, and convict them. Now, as much as Donald Trump thinks that it's no big deal and everybody does it, I know somebody's telling him that that's not how it works. You're not going to be able to talk your way out of this. You're fucked right now. And you're fucked because not only are they going to get you on this stuff, they're going to track more stuff back to you, back to your kids. And then you're going to have a problem that you can't get out of, that you can't talk uh, talk your way out of. So essentially what Donald Trump did in this Sarasota rally is basically confess to the crimes that he's being charged with. He fucking confessed. And that goes back to what I've always said about Donald Trump and why I think he shouldn't have been taken off Twitter. Because without question, if you allow Donald Trump to talk or tweet or whatever, he will ultimately fuck himself over. He's done it over and over all the time he was president, and he will do it now. Well, he doesn't have the Twitter account, but he does have this Sarasota rally where he admits to defrauding the IRS, defrauding the United States of America. See, what he's doing here is he knows he can't counteract those indictments. So he's trying to bull his way through it by making it sound like it's not a big deal. Everybody does it. That is a desperate strategy. And it may have worked when he was president, but it's not going to work now. It's just not going to work. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, as we've said This set of indictments that was put up against the Trump Organization and Alan Weisselberg is just the first step. The Manhattan District 
said as much. Alan Weisselberg knows it. The kids know it. Donald Trump knows it. They're flailing right now because they really don't know what to do. They're in uncharted territory. They've never had to deal with something like this. They've never been, they've never needed to be accountable for anything. They've always found some way to bullshit or buy their way out of it. But now they're in a position where they can't. And it's going to get worse because, as I said, when you indict an organization like the Trump organization, here's what happens. Nobody will loan you money. Well, when you're in the real estate development business, you kind of need loans to be in business. But if nobody will loan you any money, you got a problem. Well, now, Donald Trump already had a problem because not many people would borrow him money because he just doesn't fucking pay people back. So he got uh, through Deutsche Bank and maybe through Russia by way of Deutsche Bank some money. So he does have a lot of loans out there. We have heard that uh, over the next couple of years, he's going to have $300 million in loans coming due. But you know what? This is going to speed it up because, you see, when a company or an organization is indicted like he has been, then these people start calling in their loans. They don't want to be tied to anybody with an indictment. They need to be above board. And once somebody who has loaned money from them is being indicted and maybe going to jail over it ultimately, they got a problem with that. They need to get the hell out of there before they get sucked into the indictments. Now, the problem with that is Donald Trump probably doesn't have the money to pay off his loan. So what does that mean? Well, that means they start taking his shit away. Hotels, buildings, boats, whatever he's got, they're going to start taking them back because they're afraid if he gets indicted and convicted, they will never get their money back. You'll file bankruptcy or whatever he does. So they're not going to sit around on their hands and just let him do whatever he wants. They see the writing on the wall. They are going to lose a shitload of money. So they are going to start grabbing things back. Then you throw in the fact that he may be ultimately indicted and go through a bunch of shit. He won't have any money because he won't have a company and he won't have anybody willing to bail him out anymore. Prior to being president and while being president, a lot of people thought a lot of him because he could throw money around or he had power, those sorts of things. He had something he could provide to them and that's why they gave him money to bail him out. Well, he has none of that anymore. Probably 70% of this country hates this guy. They think he's a criminal. They hope he goes to jail. He's not a good bet anymore. There's nobody that's going to bail him out. Nobody's going to loan him money. And he, he's in a world of hurt. It's not going to go well for Donald Trump. And the people he owes money to don't want any part of that. So they are going to bail, take their footballs, and go the fuck home. That's what's going to happen. Donald Trump can't win this time. He can't slip out of this like many people have told me. Oh, he'll just slip out of it. He can't. There's nowhere to slip to. There's no one to help him. There's no one to bail him out. This is done. If nothing else happens when they bankrupt that organization, he's got nothing left to work with. I mean, his businesses are all already losing money. 
I mean, he's hemorrhaging money like nobody's business. That's why he's begging for money from the base so that he can just survive. As I've said before, if the worst thing that happens is they bankrupt his company, he's broke, he can't get any help, he can't get any loans, and he's just a broken man, I'd be good with that. But we'll see what happens. It's hard to imagine he won't get indicted when we're seeing the kind of things that we're seeing. But we'll have to wait. There'll be another set of indictments coming out. But remember, it's not just the Manhattan District. There's SDNY. There's Georgia. There's Washington, D.C. There's all the lawsuits. He's going to have so much money tied up in legal fees, he will be broke. And once he's broke... He's absolutely worth nothing to anybody because he's based his life and his business strictly on money. When he doesn't have money, he has nothing. He doesn't have any integrity. He doesn't have his word because it's no good. So he's done. You can count on that. Just watch and see. If you're worried about Donald Trump being accountable and paying a price for his misdeeds, trust me, it's coming one way or another. Or maybe a couple ways at the same time. He may end up broke, busted, and stupid looking in shitty pants. And also in jail. That could happen. And it looks like it might happen. So we'll see. Anyway, I'm going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I hope you'll join me again for the next one. Next day or two, you'll have another one. We try to keep up and on pace with what's going on in the world and the country. As far as news information, try to give you an expanded view of what's happening in a way that's hopefully a little more understandable. If you have questions or comments, I encourage you to uh, touch base with me. You can go to the anchor.fm website and leave a voicemail for me. Or you can email me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to incorporate your thoughts, opinions, and questions into the program. So hopefully you will take me up on that. So we will be back again very shortly. So stick with us here on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.